Welcome to the Too Blessed to Be Stressed podcast, hosted by me, Carolina Sopran. I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach, a Pilates instructor with a background in science and a master's in medical radiations. I'm your stress buster chick, chatting all things stress, helping you, the modern woman, create more balance, calmness and health in life. I used to be just like you, running on adrenaline, stressed 24-7 and a professional perfectionist in all aspects of life. Over the last couple of months, I have wanted to create a platform for stressed, stuck and professional women just like you, empowering and nurturing you to live your most balanced life. I have learned and come up with some amazing tools to help bring more zen into your everyday life. Enjoy. Hello darlings and welcome to episode 35 of the Too Blessed to be Stressed podcast. Hello everyone, I hope you have had the most amazing week. I am so excited about my guest on the podcast today. We are talking all about dating because let's face it, dating can be a little bit stressful, particularly in this modern life. So Ali McDonald is a dating and mindset coach who deep dives into the mindset to change the lives of women who want to find their soul but find themselves stuck dating men who aren't ready for commitment. Ali's practice focuses on personal growth and cultivating an expert mindset in areas of happiness, ambition, resilience, confidence, and connection. Her mission is to teach women how to love and value themselves so deeply that they become a magnet to attract the man of their dreams. Ali coaches to share, inspire, and teach her message, which is, you can have a love life fairy tale once you take a stand for it. People are always asking Ali how to find their soulmate. And she says, it's simple, really. You just have to be committed to rewiring your brain and your patterns. You have to love yourself so much that you will do anything to change your self-sabotaging habits to have the loving relationship you desire and deserve. In this episode, Ali and I discuss her business and the story behind it, the dating mistakes that women make, and also the mistakes that women make while dating emotionally unavailable men, some do's and don'ts while dating someone new, fitting in dating into a busy schedule, and how to finally meet the one. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please feel free to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, life is for living, not stressing. You are too blessed to be stressed. I hope you enjoyed this interview with the beautiful Ali. Hello, Ali, and welcome to the Too Blessed to be Stressed podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi, it's so nice to be here. I'm so excited. Amazing. And you are from California. What is the weather like there right now? It is still warm. I, I, it's not warm in Northern California. I'm in Southern California, so we don't have a winter yet. I was working out outside this morning wearing just a sports bra and shorts, and it was totally fine. Because it's, hold on, it's nearly winter there though, isn't it? It's supposed to be, but I don't really think we know what December is yet. Because it doesn't, it doesn't get that cold. And right now it's definitely warm enough to be at the beach. 
amazing. That is some good weather. <laughs> oh, that we can't complain either. We've had some amazing weather. Um, but the first thing I guess I wanted to start off with the podcast, and this is actually a new question that I'm going to be asking a lot of my, I guess, people that I'm interviewing is what is the one thing that you do often to help you manage and reduce your stress? Ooh, I love that question. I love having a morning routine. And I almost hate saying that because it's almost an overused expression. Everybody talks about a morning routine. But I think people talk about it for a reason. When you have a really solid way you start your morning, it really affects the rest of your day. So I love journaling and reading, exercise, and what's the other main one I do? I can't even think right now. Those are the basic ones. Journaling, reading, oh, of course, meditation. I do meditations, visualizations, things like that. They really help me keep my mind in a healthy place, not just for the morning, but for the whole day. Amazing. And I think all those things, I'm a bit like you, I feel like I do all those things in the morning. They really set you up for the day and really help you feel empowered that you've really looked after yourself and you're ready for whatever is going to come your way for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, because it really shows you that you can control your mind and your thoughts versus kind of letting everything happen to you. I think it really helps you give you control over your thoughts and your feelings more. It puts you in a calm state of mind. It gives you really good perspective. And I notice on the days when I don't do that, oh my gosh, life is so much harder. So I know that if I skip it, I'm setting myself up for a hard day. And when I do it, life is a lot easier and it's a lot more enjoyable. I agree. And I'm the same. I always feel a bit scattered if I don't feel like I've had or I've achieved stuff in the morning. I just get really frazzled with my day ahead and it doesn't end well most of the time. Scattered is such a good word for it. That's exactly how I end up feeling. My brain feels so scattered, messy, kind of all over the place. And uh, People who have not tried meditation, you are missing out. Do yourself a favor because meditation has been, that alone has been one of the most life-changing things that I've implemented in the last couple of years because it's, it's easy to get in a state of stress and overwhelm, especially 2020, COVID. Like The world's crazy right now, but the thing that we have the most control over is ourselves. So meditation is such a good way to get that, you know, to get your mind right for that. Absolutely. So let's get into the juicy stuff. Tell us about yourself. What do you do and how and why did you become a dating and mindset coach? Because I think, um, I guess whenever I interview coaches, there's quite a story behind why they pursued a specific part of coaching. So I would love to hear yours. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try to keep this answer short. So I originally, I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. Actually, I went to school and got my degree in psychology. And as I was getting ready to get my master's and, you know, become a therapist, I decided I wanted to actually work for myself instead doing the same type of work, but working for myself as a coach rather than a licensed therapist. So I started out in mindset coaching, which is very, very similar to therapy. And as I started working with my clients, I realized that the thing that made me the most excited to talk about and to help them with and guide them through always came back to dating and relationships. And since it started to come up so much, I realized that was the, the lane I needed to take. And it's been so fun since I've started doing that. Amazing. And so then I know you're in a relationship. How was the start of your relationship when you first started dating your partner? 
Oh, I love that. So a little backstory before I met him. So my boyfriend, his name is Nate. Before I met him, I, I did some work on myself prior to meeting him. So I'm not going to, you know, pass that up. But before that, I was in kind of, let's say, a series of not making the best choices in dating. So, you know, guys who were not ready for commitment, guys who were kind of assholes or guys who were just not a good fit for me, but we were trying to make it work. We're trying to fit two pieces of a different puzzle together. And I, I didn't, you know, for the longest time, I didn't stand up for what I really wanted. I was too scared to ask for what I wanted. I wasn't really sure of what I wanted. And once I learned how to value myself more and set boundaries and say, Hey, I want a relationship. And if this isn't a good fit, then I'm going to walk away. And around that time, when I started doing a lot of that energetic work inside of me about, you know, my self-worth and my confidence and self-love, all of that. And then also telling men who I knew were not a good fit for me, telling them no and walking away. That's when I met my boyfriend. So I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I think the timing of it was very much a synchronicity. When I started doing the deep work on myself and I also started energetically cutting off men who weren't a good fit. That's when I met my partner. And when I met him that first date, it was such a clear sign to me. Like, this is my person. Like I knew from that first date, he was going to be the person I marry. And looking back, he said the exact same thing. He actually knew that before we went on our first date, he believed that before we, <laughs> we even went out just when we were texting. So it's been just amazing ever since. Oh, I love what you said about self-worth there because I feel exactly the same. I, my husband and I, like we met online and when I met him, there was something completely different about him and me as a person. I felt really worthy of love. I felt like I really knew what I wanted and I think that makes such a difference and a bit like you, I did so much personal, that inner work, I did so much of it because no one is ever going to actually love you and appreciate you unless you do that inner work. Yeah, 100%. And I love your story because I think that is, I think that's a lot of people's stories. When you hear about how they found their lifelong partner, it's after we made not the best choices. And then you do the deep work and you realize, oh, I, the thing that I realized, and I'm sure you had your experience in this as well, is I realized I was part of the pattern. I was consistently dating men who were not available for commitment or dating men who needed to be fixed. Like they had a lot of self-work to do. And I, you know, I'm coach Allie, therapist Allie. So I was always there to kind of save people and help people. And when I started asking myself, not just why do I continue to date these people or why I felt like I was a magnet for them? Like, why do I keep attracting them? I had to ask myself, well, why am I allowing that? Why am I available for that? Why am I part of this pattern? Cause I'm, I'm the other half of it. It's not just them. And once I got really clear on that half of the question, that's when I was able to do the work and really see where, where my faults were in those situations. Absolutely, because I think we always forget that we always have a choice and yes, that person might not be right for us, but we're also allowing that person to treat us a certain way and I think that's a big part of it. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I, I can think back to a couple times before I met my boyfriend, when I ha- finally put a boundary up from the beginning, which before I wouldn't have done, I would have let uh, an, a bad dating situation go on far past its expiration date. But I remember one of the last dates I'd went on prior to meeting him, there was this guy and I was very unsure if where he was going with it. He wasn't telling me what he was looking for. He, there was just something kind of off about it. So I remember I left his house, I got in the car, and I was like, damn, I told myself that I was going to make sure before I leave this house that I tell him what I'm looking for. I'm not leaving without an answer because I will drive myself crazy. So I texted him, asked him to come back out, and I said straight up, hey, I don't know what you're looking for, but I'm not here to waste my time. I'm looking for a relationship. What are you looking for? And we had a conversation. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't wasn't anything harsh or rude it was just me being honest and him being I I don't even want to say he was being honest he was kind of no not really answering the question but from there on that's when I that's when I really started getting good at those boundaries like you know because sometimes you get so scared you don't want to say this is what I really want or this is what I need and you you put too much emphasis on how the other person's gonna feel but it really comes back to you what do you want what do you need And getting comfortable expressing that, that's how you build that self-worth and that confidence is putting up boundaries more than anything. Yeah, I think boundaries are so important. And so then what are some of the mistakes that you see women make when it comes to dating? Oh my gosh, the biggest one is making excuses for men. I hear a lot, and I used to do the same thing. We've all done it, so I, I empathize very deeply, but making excuses for men, whether it's, oh, he hasn't texted me back because he's busy at school, or he hasn't scheduled a date because he's really stressed, or I haven't seen him in three weeks because he's been so busy at work. No, no. <laughs> yes, he may be in school. Yes, he may be busy at work. Yes, he may be stressed. But if this is your person, those things don't matter. He will make time for you if you are a priority to him. And if he's not making time for you, you're and it's a harsh reality, but you're not a priority. And making that excuse is you at some point end up being the one who breaks your own heart. We want to just put the blame on the guy because yeah, he's not, he's not being, you know, the way he should be. He's not treating you right, but you're also allowing it. You're staying there when you actually should be walking away. And again, I empathize. I have been there, but that one mistake can really mess with your self-worth over time even more than it's already messed up. Because if you stay in a relationship or in a dating situation like that, the longer you stay in it, the more you start to devalue yourself on a subconscious level. The more you lose your self-respect, the more you you don't feel like you are deserving of anything more because you have come to believe that this is acceptable. And when you do that, not only does it ruin your dating life, but it ruins how you feel about yourself inside too. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know you deal with this quite a lot, but why are women so attracted to emotionally unavailable men? And I guess what is your advice for women that meet someone who is emotionally unavailable? Do they try and pursue that person or is it just much easier and better for the woman to walk away? Oh my gosh. So always, always, always walk away. It, it will not change in the way you want it to. It, it just won't. If he's not ready, he's not ready. 
you can't force someone to meet you where you're at. You have to understand where they are and it's nothing wrong against them. It's nothing wrong against you, but when they're not ready, they're not ready. And the longer you, you hope for them to change that and to be ready and to be emotionally available and to be vulnerable and to commit to you, the longer you're waiting for to meet your partner. Because the way I tell my clients is your husband's already out there. He's alive. He's walking this earth. He is waiting for you. He's dreaming of you. He's laying in bed right now or he's at work. He's whatever he's doing. He is hoping he finds you exactly as you are. So instead of wasting your time on a man who one, you know, can't commit to you or isn't emotionally available for you or isn't ready to settle down with you or doesn't want to put a label on it walk away so you can create the energetic space for your person to come in. And I, I think there's a lot of reasons why women are attracted to emotionally unavailable men. And I think one of the biggest ones is not having the self-respect and the self-worth that you need to know you are deserving of more. Because when you believe you're worthy of more, you don't accept anything less than that. If you believe you're only worthy of, let's say, level 100 effort, but you accept level 50, then that's all you're going to get. So until you believe that you are worth 100 and not just believe it, you know, consciously, I mean, on a deep subconscious level, because I know when I was in this place, I used to, you know, have a lot of self-worth and self-respect and love myself on a conscious level. But looking back subconsciously, it wasn't there, or I wouldn't have put up with the behaviors that I did put up with. And I think it's the same for a lot of women. We do it because we don't believe we're deserving of more. And then sometimes this happens a lot. Women think, well, you know, he really makes me laugh. He's really cute. We have so much fun together. I love spending time with him. His family's so great. We have so much fun together, blah, blah, blah. And you focus on all the good. And you forget that his bad qualities are, are even stronger than his good qualities. You have to pick a partner, ju- not just on their good qualities, because everybody has good qualities. I always say, even Hitler probably had good qualities. Everybody has them. But it doesn't mean that the good qualities mean more than the bad ones, because the bad ones are the ones you have to live forever. We, forever. We all have negative qualities. I do. I'm not perfect. I have weaknesses, and so does my boyfriend. So does everybody. So you have to be willing to pick somebody whose weaknesses you can live with forever. But instead of doing that, we we get in a, a lack mentality, a scarcity mentality, where we think almost like this is as good as it's going to get. I'm never going to find somebody who I have this amazing connection with again. This chemistry is so good. I don't think I'll ever find it again. It's just so good. So you, you convince yourself that there's only that one person out there for you. And while I will say that I believe we all have more than one soulmate, I can say that, you know, that emotionally unavailable man who can't commit to, he could be a soulmate. I can't confirm or deny that he could be, but it doesn't mean he's your person forever. And so choosing to walk away when you realize that's what's happening, that's, what's really going to give you that, you know, that love you really do want and deserve. Oh, I love that. And I think, I love what you said there about chemistry because I think sometimes we hold on to chemistry and we don't think about all the other external things that are going on because we are just holding on to that chemical reaction we get with that person when we're with them. Yeah, chemistry is such a big one. I hear that one all the time and I get it because chemistry can feel, it feels addicting, but in a way it is. 
sometimes the emotionally unavailable men are so addicting with their chemistry because it's like a roller coaster. Think about it like if you're dating a guy who's always nice to you, he always treats you right, he always texts you in the morning, it, it's predictable. It feels good. That's what you deserve. So I don't want anyone thinking anything otherwise. But when you have that consistency, you're not getting these, these rushes and these mental highs because your brain already knows it's going to happen. But when you get that guy who's emotionally unavailable and one day he texts you and asks you out to, you know, to go out to dinner that weekend and then you don't hear from him for two weeks and then he texts you again, you go on this emotional high roller coaster and that is a ding. So sometimes it's not just the chemistry you have with the person but it's an addiction you have to the feeling of them. So sometimes it's not even the guy that you think is so great. You just you kind of like the game of it and you don't even realize that you're playing a game. Absolutely. And so then what advice would you have for women, like I guess the do's and don'ts when they start dating someone new, particularly for women who maybe have been out of the dating game for a while? I say the biggest one that comes to mind is to be honest with yourself and with the people you date with what you're looking for from the very beginning. A lot of women ask me, should I tell him I'm looking for a relationship on my first date? Yes. Yes, you should. You should actually say it before the first date. Most most people, especially right now, we're using dating apps to meet people. You can put that on your dating app. You can make that part of you know something he knows about you before you waste your time and before he wastes his so always be honest but the I think one of the reasons why sometimes we aren't honest is one because we think it's going to scare them away it's not you cannot scare your person away if he gets scared because you say you want a relationship he's not your person he, if he is your person, he's going to get excited. If he wants a relationship, he's going to be so happy to hear you say that because that's what he wants to. Because if you say anything else, a man who's worth your time and who wants a relationship, he's going to walk away when you don't know what you want. Because a man who knows wants wants a woman who knows what they want. Just like you as a woman, when you know what you want, you want somebody who also wants the same. So that's the one thing I would say to do. I would say as a don't, don't ignore your own values. Don't devalue yourself as you start dating because especially if you're, you're new into dating or it's your first time dating after, you know, let's say several months or years even, you almost forget what it's supposed to feel like. You start to accept behaviors and, you know, treatments that maybe you wouldn't have if you were in a healthy state of mind. So don't let yourself lose value in the beginning even if it feels like, like if your intuition saying you deserve more, that's your sign to walk away. Absolutely. And values are so important. Like using myself and my husband for an for example, we're very different people, but we have the same values. And I think that makes such a strong foundation for a relationship, for a marriage. It's just so important. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, to add on to that, if you have to hide any part of yourself because you think it's going to bother or offend or push away or scare off somebody, you need to one, be honest with it because maybe it won't, you might be in your head over analyzing it, but if it really does, then it, again, it's not your person. Yeah. You want the same values. You want the same 
maybe not the same specific goals in life, but you want to be headed in the same direction. And when you're not clear on your own values, then you don't really know what you're looking for. And that's when you kind of end up in funky situations. Absolutely. And then what advice have you got for women that are really time poor? I know when I was, you know, going through my master's and when I was just trying to get myself sorted and navigate my career, I probably didn't have that much time to date. So I guess what's your advice for women that are time poor but still really want to meet someone? Yeah, I think especially right now with holidays and everybody's working like crazy when they can because of COVID and all that. And, you know, there's so much going on. I can see that, you know, time constraints can be a real issue. I always say, though, whatever you really want, you'll prioritize. We always make time for what we really want. So I do have a lot of women who tell me, oh, I really want to date, but I don't have the time. You do have the time. You are most likely putting it off because you're afraid whether you're afraid of getting hurt you're afraid of putting yourself out there you're afraid of being vulnerable you're afraid of you know whatever it may be and so we kind of mask the idea of i don't have time but i guarantee if it was something that you felt more comfortable or confident in you would have found the time so instead of focusing on the time aspect focus on what am i trying to avoid here what am i really afraid of and when you dig a little bit deeper then you'll see what the real underlying thing is that you are that you are avoiding Absolutely. And then, so what are some actionable steps that women can take to meet their partner and or meet the right person? I think there's two sides to this. One is always getting to know yourself more. Like we were saying earlier, doing that deep inner work and really figuring out what are your patterns? Where do you self-sabotage? What do you love about yourself? What do you really want and desire? And you really get to know you in a really, really deep way, it makes dating a whole lot easier. And I would also say, I'm actually going to make this a three-part thing. Second part is to always visualize. I'm really, really big on visualization. So I always tell the women that I work with to visualize what their husband looks like. And I'm not just talking about physically, but physically, yes. But we're also going to figure out, well, what do we do when we spend time together? How does he make me feel? How do I feel when I'm around him? What... What are the things that we do when we spend time together on a Sunday? And, you know, you kind of just play out your life with this person and think about how he would talk to you, how he would respond, what, you know, how he would feel, how, you know, all of those little pieces. And when you start visualizing him, it makes it very clear when you start dating people and maybe you're on a dating app and a guy says something a little weird. Ask yourself, would my husband say something like that? Would my husband respond that way? And if the guy was being a jerk, that's a clear no. Your husband would not do that, right? So having that visualization process and then taking action, because sometimes we want to do so much deep inner work to the point where we're avoiding dating, but it's doing that deep inner work while taking action, going on dating apps, going on dates, actually putting yourself out there, even if you're a little scared, because that's the only way you're going to end up meeting somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agreed. And where, well, I guess the last bit of this, um, Ali, is where can people find you? Thank you for providing so much value on the podcast. You've just been an absolute gem. So where can people connect with you? Oh, you are so welcome. It was so fun. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm on Instagram all the time at dating with Allie and Allie is spelled A-L-Y. And then I also have a Facebook group where I do live video trainings and we do all the fun stuff in there. We do monthly wine Wednesdays. 
that is called Girl Glow Up, but I could just send you the link if you want to share that with everyone. It's a, it's a really fun group we have. Amazing. And I'll pop the link to your Instagram in the show notes. Thank you so much, beautiful Ali. I really appreciate your time. You are so welcome. It was so much fun. Thank you, Carolina. Lovely. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have loved and enjoyed today's podcast, then please share it with your friends and family. If you have any comments or would like to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Knowing Her Wellness. See you soon for the next episode of Too Blessed to Be Stressed.